Hi, and welcome aboard to Everybody Ships Us. I'm Shelley Norfleet. I'm Bonnie Dolan. And we are best friends and roommates, and that's it. We know everybody not so secretly ships us, which gave us a brilliant idea. We decided to date for one hour each week right here in our living room and see where it leads. And today's a very special date because we have a third wheel joining us. His name is Andres Paul Ramacho. He is an actor and voiceover artist with credits on HBO, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, and Netflix. He has acted on regional stages across the country and is an ambassador of Change Your Algorithm, a free mental health program available through Zoom. You may have heard his voice as Masa in The Way of the House Husband on Netflix. And if you haven't, you should watch it immediately. Just as a heads up seven up, we do talk in depth about depression and anxiety with Andres. So take care of yourself as you listen. Because what is dating if not, I don't know, comparing your mental health to a game of shoots and ladders? So let's do this. But we're not dating at all. I went up the wrong one. What? Someone oh, the else other went up the other Oh, place. I know. You couldn't find us. So at first you went to the neighbor, na- like the neighbor buildings. Oh. Right. That's not where the squirrel was. I was still ready to bang on that door. Like, bang, 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 bang. I know. Oh. I'm like, so Hello. glad I caught you. <laughs> oh, God. There's whatever number that is over there. Um, Number seven, I think it was. It says The Boys. Says the boys. boys? That's where there. they live. B O I Z. That's where the boys B-O-I-Z. live. B O I Z. For the boys. For the boys. Yeah. Oh. There's a little one over there. It says the boys. Oh we should go meet them. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Hey, the boys. It's the boys. And I was hoping the one across from them would be two men. <laughs> you know <what>? <laughs> two men. <laughs> Aww. The boys. We could two make men. them another little sign underneath exactly. it. So it's the boys. Two, two men. Two men. But that's it. I just want to know. Like, if I knocked on there, what would have happened? Be like, hey, I'm here for the podcast. <laughs> They'd be like, come on in. Yeah, yeah, sure, let's man. Do this. Let's make a podcast together. <laughs> Are we doing this? <laughs> we like, yeah, bro. <laughs> Making a podcast. Yeah, bro. Shout out. You already have the name of the podcast. Yeah. The, boys. the boys. Hanging with the boys. The boys. Hanging with the boys. Hanging with the boys. Oh my God. Hanging with the boys. Hanging with the boys. Should we go pitch that to them? <laughs> like physically throw it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, throw the idea. Yeah, let's do that. From this apartment to their apartment. Mentally like, email it. <laughs> We're going to mind meld. Mentally with email it. with them. What? I'm using AOL because I still have an AOL account. Oh, God. <laughs> Embarrassing. At least it's not an SBC Global. Even in your so. mental email, you have an AOL SBC account. SBC Global. Yeah, SBC Global. I do. <laughs> did you ever use SBC Global? No, my parents did. I did too. <laughs> Gosh. God. That was ah, so much for connecting there. Gosh darn it. No, I did. I thought it was hilarious. It's such a long, like, SBCGlobal.net. It's unnecessary. Is that still a thing, SBC Global? Yeah, Bailey's grandma has one. Someone explain <laughs> SBC Global to me. What does SBC Do you not know what that is? I have no idea what this it's is. It's like an email client, like way back when. <laughs> way back when. Right. Like, like when email was made. Gmail. Right. That was, was it like one of the big ones? It was like the one only one during point. the time. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and then like, AOL came and oh. basically everybody was like, I'm hopping on the AOL. Yeah, yeah. Because three it's letters. three letters. Yeah, instead of AOL. It could have been SBC.com, but it was like SBC Global. <laughs> <laughs> Um, hi. Oh, okay, hello. <laughs> Wait, have we started? Yeah. We've been starting. Yep. This whole time? We've been recording time. for 17 minutes. Wait, is that why you were staring? She was staring at me and her eyes were doing the, like... Was I? That's <laughs> ah, really no, good for wasn't. an audio medium. Could you imagine? I'm sorry. <laughs> Start now. Start now. Oh, my gosh. No, we were just talking. So if we're just talking, the podcast starts, 
And then we're still just talking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this is this is all just talking. Yeah. We're just hanging out. I don't know oh. if you know that. So you said this was improv. And I was like, can I get my script? Because I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, here it is. Send. <laughs> Andy, I hope you're listening to all of this also, and find a way into this episode. Andy, I want to apologize for insinuating that the name Andy wasn't good enough. Oh my you god, are. you did. <laughs> the name Andy p- is perfect. It's great. It's great. It's Andrew. And Andrew is a it, uh, it's a fine name, just a bad person. Wait. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> no, the the okay, the one Andrew that set the precedent. There were future. multiple Andrews that so let us many. down. Oh. It, it's been nonstop. Only one Andrew has not let us down yet. Yet. And, and it goes by Andy. Eyes. That's true. Do you Garfield? Andrew. Oh, okay. no, he'll never let me down. <laughs> I don't believe that. that. That's what I'm saying. There's only one that. Andrew hasn't let you down. Well, he's still, you know, theoretical, at least our she relationship is parasocial yet. for mm-hmm. now. You've used not several forever. terms that I'm not really familiar with. And I've just <laughs> nodded my head. Because she like, is yeah, parasocial. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she's a pretty has to let us know how intelligent she is. Okay. All the time. I use these words because they're accurate. To what I'm saying. Oh, she said accurate. I know. Whoa. <laughs> I use these words because they mean the thing that I want to say. Oh, now I understand what wow. you've been saying this whole time. Now you're speaking your language. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, Bonnie, speak English. All right. Hot. Sorry, Dang. bros. <laughs> <laughs> They're over there. The boys. The boys. <laughs> Whenever I reference any bros in this conversation, just think of the folks on the other side. In apartment number seven. The boys. <laughs> the boys. My the boys. boys. I haven't met them yet, but I will. And they're going to be the boys. The boys. Homies. What are you, do- what are what you are doing? What are you doing with him? I'm putting Jeremy in a more obvious... Didn't you just say we're starting now and then yeah, you right. got up and well, stopped got right. doing the podcast? So I can walk around. This is how He's good your audio fall. setup is. Do you see how animated Andres is? He's yeah. going to fall. He, that's how he fell the first time. <laughs> animated and stoic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's very stoic. <laughs> Jeremy, you're so stoic. You also got like red and yellow eyes. Yeah. Golden. Isn't Staring nice? right at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't he like adorable? Is, is that the word? <laughs> yeah, yes. What are you getting from him? Uh, anger. Cause it's like red oh. and yellow eyes. Oh, is he See, looking at you? Do you feel like he's angry with you? I'm getting side eye. Oh, mm. oh. okay. Well, well, he's our uh, producer. I think he's just like monitoring the situation. Like yeah. watching. You. Oh, wow. He is kind of leaning away from you a little oh, bit. Matt, you know what? We're friends. You've declared right, that. Jeremy? You've declared that. <laughs> Nothing. Ah, story of my <laughs> life. Oh my gosh. Jeremy, I was pescatarian for a while. No beef, bro. <laughs> so, I mean, for a little bit. I guess he's kind of pescatarian too. <laughs> Jeremy? Just eats fish, yeah. yeah, he just yeah. eats fish. See? Bonding. Still nothing? All right, I'll get there. <laughs> By the end of the podcast, you guys will become I'm hoping so. friends. He's you know just what? the strong, silent type. Yeah. yeah. Guaranteed, 100% Jeremy will speak by the end of this. A hundred percent, no doubt whatsoever. Can't wait. Money that. back guarantee. It'll be the most terrifying moment. It may not be right now, but sometime during this week. There will be a voice. Oh my God. No. Guaranteed. So you're not even going to be here. No, I don't even have to be here. Guaranteed, Jeremy will say something and it will be a delight for all y'all to find out what that sounds like. It's like middle of the night. Exactly. Hear a voice. Jeremy. No. I hate it. 
Jack, open. don't like that at all. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, who are you? <laughs> oh, hey, that's what's right. up, man? My name is Andres Paul Romacho. Uh, Good friend of Bonnie's. That's right. Uh, for many years now, actually. It has been several years at this point. Yes. I'm impressed. Yeah. It I, feels like it's a new friendship, though. Every single time. Yeah. Really fresh. I, I really enjoy having conversations with you. I feel very safe right off the bat. I think we align in a lot of our values and yeah. also in our artistic endeavors. I really enjoy... Uh, that that feeling of being safe enough to be vulnerable around you. And that's one of the things I've leaned into very much in the past few years. And I think that's why our friendship has blossomed. Oh, I love Aww. it. You know what I really that love? That was cute. Right, Jeremy? That was cute. <laughs> Nothing. Really trying to bond with Jeremy. <laughs> tried. Nothing. I feel like there's a smile forming, <laughs> but maybe that's just my eyes. No, there's definitely yeah, a smile forming. It's happening. Yeah, yeah, you're getting there. You're getting I can there. see his little beak just turning up at the corner. <laughs> that's terrifying because... <laughs> You know, if you're moving, I don't know what's happening, uh, <laughs> but I'll take that. But yeah. But I love that because I feel the same way. And also, I love that you love to be vulnerable. It's one of my favorite things about you. Oh, man. I don't know if I love to be vulnerable. <laughs> I think it's terrifying. To you go me there often. Because I, I, I go there often in the spaces where I feel safe to do so, but also... I think because of the nature of my job and also the the byproduct of that, whether it is getting to talk to you know, high school students or like if you're at one of those anime cons or whatever, right? You get to be seen. And at this point in time, I think because of the way that I present in the world, I am a cisgender straight man walking in the world. Um, I think that still holds a lot of power. And for me, at, the, at that age, for people in high school or early 20s in college, to see someone who looks like me or can be like a mirror and still choose to be vulnerable while in society, the celebrated version of what masculinity is, is like this like slack jawed, like lone wolf kind of thing. To, to see that that doesn't have to be the only accepted version or the, the, the primary narrative, I think that that would open doors. And I know that has helped me because I have mentors like that or people in my life that have given me examples of that and has changed my life for very much the better. Mm -hmm. um, I get to be that. And so I know that that also holds a lot of power. And that, you know, if I get to take up space, because I do, um, I would hope that that's something that I can at least put a little stamp on. And that's my little change that occurs because that's for younger me that's very selfishly mine but it gives me the chance to kind of do that for for other people too so that's why choosing vulnerability is uh it's hard but i mean it's led to a friendship and has led me to this room which i get to laugh and like just be enjoying the joy that's in the room already so i think that that gives me those opportunities the more i choose to do that the more of this stuff i get to do so yeah. I like that feeling too. Yeah. Oh, hey. Wow. I got deep so fast. I know. This is what I told, that was I great. told them earlier, Shelly was like, what's Andres's vibe? And I was like, Virgo. His vibe. <laughs> Wait, are you? I'm a yeah. Virgo too. Really? Yeah. When's your birthday? September 15th. Oh, man. September 6th. Whoa. What? Whoa. Happy birthday. It's almost Happy there. birthday. It's not a whoa. That's that like pretty so far apart. far apart. It's not a like whoa kind of thing. That is just that's two, awesome. That's just two birthdays. 
When you started with the six, I thought you were going to say 16th, and that would have been the whoa. Bonnie, when's six, your birthday? No, like, November 11th. When's Mine's March 30th. Whoa. Okay. Okay. Wow. We're bonding Jeez. Yeah. This is happening right just, now. This yeah. is live. Live. When she what? started off with a, I was like, it's going to be five. And then it went 15. I was like, that's really far away, yeah. but I was already bought in. I was so bought in. Whoa. September, be, September Whoa. gave me wow. pure joy. The F was like, oh. And then it went, I was like, I jumped yeah, the gun. That was embarrassing. But you guys are both Virgos. <laughs> yeah. You have that. What's your favorite? Wait, say your favorite color on three. One, two, three. The blue. sunset. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. That's my favorite color. No way. Blue. My favorite color is blue. But right now I'm enjoying every gradient of the sunset. Oh. It's really lovely. Which, we're, we're, which part no, of the sky? Stop asking questions. <laughs> we're getting too much information and we have to do. Oh, yeah. We <laughs> know, I know. I know. We have to stop. <laughs> we have. I know it doesn't feel like this, but we do have a plan. We do. We are professionals. I'm not. I, I know hearing the, the interviewer say stop asking questions might seem like a bad sign. But that's what we do. <laughs> it's awesome. It's part of our part of our process. Oh, cool. That's we're great. We're getting too much information yeah. about you before we need to get so much information about you. <laughs> September 6th. No, I got Wait, no. <laughs> Shut wait, up. Wait. Everyone just calm the fuck down. <laughs> okay. I won't answer any questions. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I think it might be time for four-minute life story. Yay. Yay. Do you know that we do this? I have no clue. Okay, so, so then you haven't been listening to the podcast. Only the ones I've listened to. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. That's a fair point. That is fair. So a four minute life story is just that. You have four minutes to give us your life story. Okay. We will give you some time prompts just so you can keep track. We'll give you a two minute and seven second one, then a 30 second and then a seven second warning. Wow, I haven't done this ever, but it reminds me of college. Great. Was it a good experience for you? I don't know. Wait, don't, Let's don't find out in your four-minute life story. <laughs> Bree, do you have a timer ready? I will in a minute once I find My it. My hands got real sweaty. <laughs> it has gone poorly for most people who have done this. Yeah, especially me. Uh, <laughs> And your parents. And my parents. parents they always get sucked, Yeah. What do uh, they do? Tell me what not to do, and I'll do the opposite. Uh, you tell you tell the story, don't and don't not don't not tell your story of <laughs> your life. Yeah. Um, don't not uh, say things that are possibly not true and or are true, but aren't true in the real way. Okay, I have the timer ready. <laughs> Whoa. Did you catch all of those instructions? Yeah. Go. Jeez. Oh, my God. All right. Are you ready? Three, two, one, go. My name is Andres Paul Ramacho. I was born uh, September 6th. Whoa. 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 Are these part of my four minutes? I was born and raised in Los Angeles, California, and I played sports growing up, Filipino, and I... Did my best to just kind of fit in. Uh, I always felt a little bit othered and always felt a little bit different growing up in uh, a community that didn't have a lot of folks that looked like me. And then when I went to high school, I went to Loyola High School. It was an all boys high school. And one of the first things I thought of was sweet. I don't have to take a shower. 
Uh, it's gonna be awesome. Ew. Um, we had right. judges during four minute life story. Continue. Right. Where, where were those in the rules? <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> um, and uh, I also then again felt othered uh, because it was a predominantly uh, Caucasian high school, and I came from a uh, a non wealthy family going into an extremely well funded um, school, and I still did well. I, I was able to thrive. That's where I found my love for the arts because it gave me a safe place to kind of play because I didn't really have that at home. It gave me a safe place to explore. And went off to college and every step of the way I've found myself kind of the only Filipino in the room as I was doing that. And my life uh, just embraced the arts. Um, started playing around 17 as the voice of the Hollywood Bowl for my first job. And then uh, it kind of turned into me going off to New York City to do um, fun for Howard Quarter on the Upper East Side. And I was working backstage for Two Phantom of the Opera. Seconds. And the Phantom of the Opera, Howard McGillan at the time, he heard me complaining about New York because it was too big of a city for me. <laughs> um, and I was very homesick. And he said, hey, check out UC San Diego. They have a great program. And so I did. I went out over there and I got in. I was an undergrad doing graduate shows and met two of my buddies from college that had stayed lifelong friends. And we we're on this artistic journey together. Now, one of them is in the new Black Panther movie, uh, Chris Cortez. Uh, Kevin Reyes is in, uh, he's on Broadway playing Craig Bowler for Harry Potter. And I myself am a voiceover actor doing what I do for, for Netflix, Disney Plus, HBO, Amazon Prime. And I have no idea how the three of us are doing that. I just came back from doing like Anime Expo and a week-long intensive with these students from UCSD, high school students and college students. And it was a very life-affirming moment. And so here I am now trying to figure out what I'm doing. And I get to find out the next steps. And then I go fly off to play Robin Hood after this uh, in the Midwest with my old high school sweetheart, actually. (laughs) And she's oh. playing Lady Marion. Whoa. Um, and so there's another adventure and journey that I get to go explore. I fly off this Saturday. And I think my whole life story has been 30 just seconds. choosing myself, trying to figure out the best way to take care of a younger version of me. And um, I think the thing I'm learning for my life story, or at least my own origin story, is that I keep just trying to do the best thing that I can do for myself and not live my life for anybody Seven else. Seconds. And um, dramatic pause to end. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you just bailed out of the <laughs> final three seconds. Dramatic pause to end. <laughs> well, hot damn. That went We're mad amazingly about well. well. Yeah. That was, that's, I listened to the Virgo and I was like, what do I do? Do you have media training? (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) My management team told me how to do this. (laughs) I bet you in his back pocket, he's got a one minute life story, a two minute life story. (laughs) (laughs) Little little elevator speeches that he works on. Yeah. Good thing this is a podcast. They couldn't see that I was reading it off my phone. (laughs) 
Exactly. Oh my gosh. Okay, where do we want to start? Because that there's so many questions. There's so many questions. Just came to my brain from that. A Virgo. Uh, my favorite color is blue. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed you didn't include your favorite color in that. Because she said, "It's like if you don't say anything, don't say anything that could be true, but not might not be true. Uh huh. And could possibly be in there. And I was favorite. like, I don't know. Sometimes it's blue. Sometimes it's teal. <laughs> Sometimes. I appreciate that. Like, yeah. He you, took the note. Yeah. You're committed to honesty and I appreciate that. See? Yeah. See? Thanks. Not many people are committed to honesty that's, in the same way. Yeah. That's all right. true. Appreciate. I think my first question after hearing all of this, what is your least favorite color? Ooh. Oh, nice. My wow. least favorite color? Your least I've favorite color. I've never been asked this question. <laughs> my least favorite color. And why? Yeah. What's your emotional attachment to this color? <laughs> Oh. Or detachment. Jeez. Whoa. I think my this is my least favorite color would be red. <gasps> Whoa. I don't wear a lot of... I have one red t-shirt and I rarely do wear that or I have... And I don't choose that to be the first color mm. on anything that I yeah. would want to be able to put on or even have around me. What do you think it is about red? So angry. Yeah? So angry. Yeah. Is that like why you don't like much. Jeremy's eyes? Jeremy. Oh. No, what? whoa, whoa. What did you just do? I, I'm just pointing out the obvious. You said red. Creating the beef. I immediately went to Jeremy. Life moment? Did yeah. I just have a... <laughs> yeah. I just had a life moment. Open up. Jeremy, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Actually, I, I, I was just saying this to my therapist. Yeah, McKenna. Nice. Wherever you are, McKenna. Shout out McKenna. Shout out McKenna. Is sponsored by McKenna. Woo! Shout yeah, out McKenna. McKenna. Let's go. <laughs> She's awesome. I was just talking about this. Anger for me is a strange emotion because I feel scared of it. And um, I get scared of the loss of control that I have uh, with that or being worried about where that's going to go. And uh, the color red is just such a big reminder of that. I think I don't surround myself with that or try to stay as far away from that that oh, I can. You play by bull rules. <laughs> <laughs> bull rules. <laughs> that was so deep. Mm -hmm. Figured it out. <laughs> that was your face. Yeah, I, I, I nailed it. Bull rules. <laughs> yeah. 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 Tell McKenna that next time. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've had a breakthrough. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, first words out of my, my mouth for my therapy session, bull rules. And just like, do you get it? It's like drop the mic and walk away. Yeah. Come on, McKenna. Yeah. Listen to the podcast. Yeah. Then you'll get it. His therapist Red. could listen to our podcast. Our Red. therapists can't listen to our podcast. No, our therapists can't listen to our, cause it's our podcast. Well, actually, I don't know if they can. Mm. Like they physically, like they physically cannot. Well, no, they kind of like conflict of interest. Yeah, yeah, we're available on all, all platforms. All they platforms. Can. Pick and choose <laughs> where you want to listen. This is big time. But <laughs> is it a conflict of interest for our therapists to li listen to our podcast? Do you think? I think it'd just be a lot of interest. <laughs> right? Not necessarily. So, like, they could see if we were like lying on certain aspects, or they'd be Ooh. like, hey, you said this in the podcast, and I really <laughs> encourage you to look at that. I. Can they not? That's actually a really great question. I, I don't know if they, they can. It, I, it's, it's similar to like insta-stalking somebody. You can't insta-stalk your patient, no. can you? No. Although my therapist did text me about The Bachelor last week, but we talk about The Bachelor every 
session. <laughs> At the end of our sessions, we talk about you're friends with your therapist? Kind of. Are you not friends with your therapist? I genuinely had an exchange with my previous therapist, um, Rory. I had a conversation with him and just jokingly, I said to Rory, you're my best friend, Rory. And without skipping a beat, Rory goes, no, I'm your therapist. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, wow. Shut down by Rory. Oh, like, Jeez. And I was like, ah, I guess that's what clear communication feels like. Mm, uh, you just no. ensured future sessions. <laughs> you have Seriously. to unpack that. Yeah. <laughs> With like no beat skipped. Yeah. Just, no. I'm your therapist. That's a strong boundary, yeah. Rory. I know. Good for him. Okay. And then I wanted Rory to be my best friend right. after that entire session. Yeah. Right. Even oh, more. Yeah. yeah, seriously. Even more. Yeah. You got to win him over at seriously. that point. I was like, come on, man. We have so many things in common. He's telling me, he's like, actually, you're just telling me about yourself. <laughs> we have a great open line of communication. I'm just listening to you. I don't thoughts. actually say anything to you. Yeah, I don't you really to know me. too much about Rory <laughs> yeah. at all, actually. Yeah. But oh, your homies. Very, I was one-sided. <gasps> Whoa. Whoa. Well, Not a good friendship. No. <laughs> but great therapist client, really. Yeah, right. yeah, there you go. How long have you been in therapy? Can I ask that? Absolutely. Um, therapy, I started actually in my early 20s. I'm 32 now. And I started, I think, maybe when I was 24, on and off. And this was actually right after I had met Alex Billings. Shout I out Alex did. Billings. This podcast is quite literally sponsored by quite Alex literally sponsored. Billings. Let's go. <laughs> um, she changed my life. I remember doing um, CSU Summer Arts and uh, oh, I'm wearing the shirt right now, actually. Oh my God, are you? What Whoa. are the odds of that? Inspire, transform, create. Yeah. Dang. CSU Summer Arts 2015? I don't know. It's in the back of the shirt. Well, turn around. Turn around. Okay. Don't knock so over it, Jeremy. Yeah. yeah. 2013. 2013. 2013. Wow. <laughs> Shout out. 2013. <laughs> the boys. The boys. <laughs> um, yeah, Alex Billings changed my life. Uh, and I remember we were doing uh, Steppenwolf West. And I got cast as the lover boy for a lot of those. Just the energy that I brought to the room. You're talking about like the archetype yeah. of the lover boy? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And it was either like I was breaking people's hearts. I was playing the tough ex-boyfriend. I was playing like the strong man in there who's just in these toxic relationships. It's like, geez. Which you life. resonate a lot with. No, I don't. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, man, I really don't like playing these at that time anyway, but I wasn't able to express that. But I found myself getting really tired of, of that kind of thing. But I remember having a moment of real deep exploration. And this goes into my childhood. I am a survivor of sexual abuse. And I remember having a moment there where that really became at the forefront for me. And I did not know how to process that event, didn't know how to process that emotion, didn't even know how to talk about it, truly. Like, there were no words. I found there were limitations to my ability to talk about my emotions and even just my experience. And that was, like, terrifying to feel because of 
the paralysis that I had. And there's genuinely a photo that I will forever have in my life that I will forever cherish of me on all fours and Alex Billings reaching down and her hand on my shoulder, whispering something into my ear. And I just remember very specifically her saying, you're safe with me here, Angel. And I had that moment of going, wow, that's the first time in that moment that I felt safe to even just be myself. And from there, it spurred this continuous motion of wanting to explore and heal from that. And that led me straight into going into therapy. And the women in my life, my friends actually, were the ones that started to talk to me a little bit about that. That's where I was able to ask about how therapy would go, all of the the things I didn't know about it, um, and walked right into to that. Did the best that I could at the time with what I knew. And from then on, it was a few years into therapy, a few years off, a few years into therapy, a few years off. And um, I think in 2020, I wrapped my head around it, like for my physical health, it's be a lifelong thing. And then for my mental health, um, if I don't know what I'm doing in the gym, I'll go to my personal trainer. But if I don't know what I'm doing with my mental health, I'll go to my mental health personal trainer. <laughs> and this is a lifelong investment for me. And it's become one of my favorite things for myself, very selfishly, just for me. Because of that, I became uh, one of the faces for a free mental health program called Change Your Algorithm. And that's started by Joel Rolampagos, who um, was a showrunner for uh, The Biggest Loser and now works for uh, Spring Hill Co., which is co-owned by uh, LeBron James. They're bringing up a lot of stories, reality television, um, for people of color, mostly. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, shout out to Joel. Just got an Emmy. Yeah. Sh- oh, shout out to yeah. Joel. I feel like we it's can't kind of say that this podcast is sponsored not by Joel. Sponsored this not, podcast no, is not. not sponsored by Joel, not, but, but like, uh, we love out. you. It's yeah. dedicated Joel. to Joel. <laughs> Joel's yeah. amazing. There we go. And started this uh, free mental health uh, and wellness program and took away the obstacle of, um, of money from that because mm. it is very inaccessible. And if you don't have health insurance, it could be another like minefield to kind of have to walk around. And so when they asked me to be a face for it and kind of an ambassador for, ambassador for that, my heart leapt because it's exactly what I wanted and what I needed and then has just helped me stay accountable with my own mental health um, through therapy. That's awesome. I feel like a therapy newbie in comparison to you because I started in, oh my gosh, I've only been in therapy for like a year and a half now. Yeah. Just like during the pandemic, I got, I had a sort of mental health crisis and I was like, oh, it's an emergency. I need to see a a person. I need to talk about this thing with a person. I finally did it. Even though I was very much a proponent of therapy beforehand, I just had never, I was like, I'm dealing with my shit in a somewhat healthy way. I can function in the world. And then I go to my therapist and she's like, yeah, you being able to function with all of this trauma is still not healthy. (laughs) So we're going to work on that. It's a shift from surviving to thriving because the survival mode of it those are all my coping mechanisms. Those are our coping mechanisms to be able to get us to where we are. Mm-hmm. And when that became my norm and when the change happened very drastically in 2020 for all of us going through a traumatic experience together, mm-hmm. um, I found that the coping mechanisms no longer served me. And I found that because of the years of investment 
in therapy that these coping mechanisms served a different version of me and I had already changed and I didn't acknowledge that change. So I found myself really stunted and going, I'm, I'm frustrated. How come I'm not able to move forward? Or why are these things that I used to do no longer doing what they used to do? And I think the hard part for me is to acknowledge that healing has happened because it's so long of wanting healing to occur that it's hard to acknowledge that maybe, yes, I did heal from something because mm. I'm just so used to the work of wanting to. Mm -hmm. And then the feeling of, yes, I am. And yes, it has. And I do deserve to acknowledge it. That's its own journey on its own. I'm, yeah. I'm, and I'm learning how to do that and then find out what else I need to keep working on moving forward. It's a really very specific experience to me. But for a lot of folks in terms of finding that that kind of journey, similar experiences for a lot of different people in so many different like parts in their lives or wherever they are in that that specific like uh, mental health journey for them. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm ruining you on. It's hard to do. It's very difficult to do. Yeah. How do you feel? I mean, talking about it. Talking about therapy? Yeah. You know what? I think it's easier for a person like me to talk about therapy because I'm a woman and so talking about my feelings is not off the table societally and because our generation is a lot more accepting of therapy as like you're saying a, a tool of self-care a, a personal trainer for your mental health um, I think that's more common nowadays which is great it's so it's that change that shift societally is so important so I actually have felt really I felt like it's super easy for me to talk about therapy, but it's because of the work of the people who've gone to therapy before I started. Mm. That's why it's easy for me. Yeah. How about you? Over time, it has gotten a little bit more familiar. I think it also depends on the day for me. There's moments where I feel strong and healthy and, and proud of myself in the moment. And there's times where I, in my own private life have been struggling. And then when I have to talk about that, um, there is a little bit of embarrassment that occurs, not necessarily shame, but embarrassment when I'm not at the top of my game because me learning this about myself, me not operating at perfection has been one of the biggest obstacles for myself, because if it isn't that, then I'm not doing it correctly. And there's no grace in between that. And mm -hmm. learning to have grace in between that, it gives me the opportunity to have like that breath so that I can talk about it and still feel free about it, you know? But mm -hmm. there's, it, there's still moments where I'm, there, there has, it's a constant thing of trying to fight against perfection to talk about even my own flaws. Like that's hard. Yeah. And so yeah. The, the, it, it gets easier over time. Uh, surprisingly, I get to talk about it, but um, there are those times where I'm just embarrassed about still having tough days. And those tough days are always going to be there. So try to wrap my head around that. And that feels like a, a Virgo trait, the perfectionism, yeah. need for perfectionism. Ah, September 15th. What a great, what a great day. <laughs> so great. So great. September 6th. Great day. Great day. Whoa. 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 
See? Oh. That was whoa. awesome. You remembered? That's you remembered. Great. That's See? great. That's Virgo. where the woe occurs. That's where the woe. That's where it needs we to happen. We found it. It's because we made such a big deal of it before. <laughs> whoa. Whoa. It's amazing. Yeah. I also have a lot of perfectionist things that I need to work on and allowing myself that grace has been a struggle for a while. It's such a learned pattern for me that unlearning that is going to take even longer. Ay, ay, ay. Mm. I feel that. Yeah. Oh man. I feel like a very different mental health journey than you guys <laughs> because I, I am the opposite end of the spectrum. I think I'm unbelievably imperfect and I am trying to convince myself that I am like fine, you know, like worthy of, of, anything of my own thoughts of my own of feelings of not being happy all the time. I I've, I've been diagnosed with depression since I was a teenager and it, it has been, it has taken over my life a couple of different times and almost taken my life before. And I think that, I mean, I, I love therapy. I love telling people that it therapy is like safe and wonderful. And I also get so frustrated being in therapy as long as I've been in and not feeling like I'm getting better. And I know that I am, Mm -hmm. I absolutely can look at where I was and look at where I am and, and see the distance between those two people. But then when you're in it, you know, you're right back in it. Like it's right back where you were. Cause the changes are so small and they tack on, but you don't see it. Yeah. But it's just so interesting how we all have similar journeys and very different journeys and all being in therapy, working on different things. Mm-hmm. And it's it's helping all of us. I don't know. It's cool. It's yes, cool. it is. <laughs> and we're all on our own journeys, like yeah. you said. And we can talk about it yeah. with each other and on our own. And it's still comfortable and it's safe. And it's we can, scary. It's terrifying. But, but I really appreciate you bringing up how different your journey is going than yeah. the three of us because um because it's a really good reminder that nothing is like easily like you can't put a bow on it it yeah. is it's literally every day is different yeah it's it's so it's so strange um i found myself earlier this year i had felt really good and really healthy the entire year i mean i had down days but everyone's has down days uh, and then I found myself kind of thrown back into the pits of it and like actually wondering, like, does it get better? Can it get better? And not in a like, oh, well, if it not, then like I'm out kind of way. But in a what am I in for with my life? Even though I've made so much progress, even though I have so many wonderful things in my life, mm-hmm. just knowing that it's that it's going to be a constant thing that I'm constantly working on is tiring. Yeah. <laughs> it's so tiring. Very tiring. Um, Agreed. It's like a little bit of a comfort knowing that we are so different, all of us. And it's, it's hard for all of us. It's just really comforting. I like the idea that it isn't a cookie cutter experience. Yeah. Because then if it isn't working for me, then there's something wrong with me. Yeah. Right? But the fact that I'm getting to listen to you admit some really powerful things, which I'm, first of all, in awe of because it's hard to do. And I acknowledge, I want to acknowledge that and go, thank you. 
because that's just one of those things. It's, You're it's hard. I wish <laughs> it becomes a norm. I'm glad that it's a norm in this in this conversation, mm-hmm. um, or becoming a norm in this conversation. And to hear to hear anyone you specifically talk about how difficult it was to have to go back into an experience of going, oh man, I thought I was good, and now here I am doing this again. It, it would ma- it leads me to curiosity of you know what are the new tools that you've learned from it? Was the experience was this experience longer of the duration of that? Was it longer or shorter than it was before? Um, what, you know, what was the relationship to that and how much awareness or mindfulness were you able to, to have about that experience? And did it help? Because those are the things that, that are hard to think about in that moment, but mm. in, in retrospect and, and being able to reflect and contemplate on that, I wonder what that looks like. And can that be part of, the description of what healing looks like. Because if you're learning new tools and then your body is just doing it versus, you know, oh, I have to use this one or I have to go use that one or I have to do this. And sometimes it's like that. But when you're just actually able to use these tools, your body is just doing that because you're no longer in the control environment of the safe space of there, but it's it's seeped into your own life. I think it's hard to acknowledge that version of, oh, I think I did have that. Because there's no one else to really celebrate that for you outside right. of you doing it. And that's hard. Because you were the only person who really knows your own journey. Yeah. yeah. And how do you do that? How but do then you how do you yourself? measure it if you're still in it, I guess, yeah, is really the question. Hard. It maybe you have to be, you have to have a long view of it to be able to measure it in any capacity. Yeah. yeah, it feels a little bit like shoots and ladders sometimes. <laughs> where I've never played shoots and ladders. Should we play? What? <laughs> what? I don't have it. Re- oh my I gosh, I got so excited. so good. I used to play it in my grandma's it's house. so good. But yeah, I love it. The point of the game is to get to the top. Oh. And so you're, you're rolling dice and sometimes you go up a ladder and you get closer. And sometimes you go down a slide and you, you kind of get back to where you were or a little bit higher up, but not as close as you once were. Oh. And so sometimes, you know, I'm go- working my way up the ladder. Life has given me whatever numbers I need to go up the ladder, <laughs> the life dice, you know? Yeah. And then some days it, it, it feels like I've, I've rolled whatever number mm. that gets me on a slide. And sometimes I slide down one level. Sometimes I slide um, a little bit further. It's an imperfect metaphor because it implies that there is a top. Right. Where mm. you can <laughs> where get you can to be done. and you're done playing the game. Right. And that's yeah. not true. No. No. Um, wow. I never played this as a kid. But I'm getting introduced to it oh, it's as fun. an adult. Well, yeah. I, when I was a kid, it was fun. I don't know if it's fun no, now. We're all going to be crying as we play this. Oh, no. Like, oh, oh, gosh. I got a four. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Down a shoot. Another trauma. God damn it. Oh, Here we go. Oh, monkey pox. All right. Okay. Oh, oh, no. Slide on down. <laughs> God, a hundred new subscribers to the podcast. Ladder, ladder. let's go. <laughs> it's me talking about Sophie's Choice. Down. Down. Oh my gosh, you've never seen Sophie's no. Choice. No, I had no idea it wasn't a romantic comedy. comedy? Wow. So did you you listen to that podcast? I did. Then? The ones that I listened. The ones that you to. listened to, you listened to. Yeah, I did. Over and over again. <laughs> it could very easily be a rom-com from I mean, the description that she said. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I was like, that's... Not the actual plot of... Hot take. <laughs> no, I would actually love to see you that movie, whatever you were talking about, and going, wow, what a take. 
<laughs> what if we just re-edited like all of the movie just to be a trailer for the rom-com version? What song, what song would you put in the background for that? Be like I don't a, know. I feel like it'd be like a Sam Smith song. Oh my gosh. <laughs> There's Sam Smith cover of a song. Yeah, he oh. pops up everywhere. He's everywhere. I used to listen to Sam Smith and get in my feels. Yeah. <sighs> what if Sam Smith covered Girls Just Wanna Have Fun and that was the background? It's just so sad. It's a sad version. Of yeah. It's a like, slow acoustic wanna. version. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I'm trying to get that throaty oh sound they have. Oh, is that that one? Is that that one? I don't know. There it is. <laughs> no, I'm going to hear it. <laughs> Everything always comes back to Shakira with you. Always back to Shakira. All roads. Do you have any celebrity impressions? Do I have any celebrity impressions? Yeah. Yeah, You're a voice actor. What do you got? Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. Give us a free show. For us. Oh, my gosh. Uh, So some voice actors, most voice actors, get hired to throw their voice where they can do these amazing impersonations. Or this is me setting up to say no, but <laughs> <laughs> they, they can do all these amazing things. I, for whatever reason in my career, get hired to just sound like myself. And I remember speaking to uh, Carrie Kiernan, who is an amazing voice actress and casting director for Netflix uh, and HBO. And she's turned to a really great mentor and friend. And I remember speaking with her and she said very specifically, she goes, you get hired to sound like you. If I wanted someone to sound like someone else, or if I wanted someone to sound a certain way, I'll go get that person. But for everyone that's been hiring you, her included, she goes, all I need you to do is show up as you. And I remember we were in in Yosemite on a hike by a waterfall. Ashley said that. And I just remember having this like life moment of going, Oh, that was the nicest thing in the world. And in the back end of that hike, I was like, how the hell am I supposed to be myself? <laughs> the, whole right. time, yep. the whole time. Because now your career is riding on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like, be you. Go. Exactly. Yeah. And my first takes on any of my auditions in my brain is always the take that I think they want. And then I throw that one away. And then I do my version of it which has my flaws, the way that I speak with my own just cadence and personality. And uh, it's not more often than not because there are more no's than there are yeses. But whenever I do get the yeses, it's the yes on those. And that is a There's different a experience. There's a delicious metaphor in there somewhere. Shoots and ladders. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite the one I was going. I love first. your hands. The, the hands were just like completely flexed, <laughs> growing from from the bottom up. Shoots and ladders, the all of the ladder. Just every single uh, yeah. Is that what that was? Shoots and ladders. I wish you could see this. I wish we have. Yeah, this. we've got video. We're filming. You're right here. I'm looking at you. You've been here the whole time. I, that is also the deepest thing anyone's ever said. <laughs> You've been here you've the, been whole, here time. Been here the whole time. You've listened to the episodes that you've listened to, <laughs> and you've seen what you've seen. You've been here <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> Bam, commercial break. Speaking of which, I do have to leave to go to work. Oh, you do? That's right. I do. All right. Yeah. Well, why don't we take like a cute little break? 
since commercial you, break. Commercial break. So Brie can leave. All right. Can you lead us into the commercial break with your voice acting skills? Yeah, absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to Everybody Ships Us. We'll be right back after these brief messages from our sponsors. You said something in your life story that kind of flagged for me. You said you've been friends with two guys from college and you you all have gone out to do great things. And it flagged for me because I'm not a cis straight man. So I've never been in a friendship with like being a man in a friendship with a man. And I want to know how that is because it feels really unique. And like there's specific dynamics at play that I have no idea about because I'm, again, not a cis straight man. But I'm curious about it. It is surprising to hear that. I know we've had a conversation a little bit about that before, yeah. but it's still surprising to hear it. What is surprising about it? That you don't have, or I guess don't have a lot of friendships with- Oh, right. Yeah. Like you and Jacob are like my only real friendship, like deep friendships well, with cis straight men. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I this zero. is funny. <laughs> zero. Yeah. And you have zero? Not a one. Yeah. Wow. I mean- I'm Pals. I got pals. Yeah, you got pals. I got pals. I got I got a lot of pals. What's the difference between pals and friends? I think pals are like you can get together, you have a great time, you know some things about them, uh, they know some things about you, but you wouldn't go to them if you wanted to talk about things. Oh. Pals. Friends, you know, you you would they become your safe space. Right. Oh, okay. So you can confide in them. You choose to confide in them. Be vulnerable with them. Right. With minimal fear, let's say. You know, I will say that only recently have I, recently being in the past maybe five years, been able to have those kinds of conversations with my male cisgender friends in a comfortable atmosphere. Because prior to that, I think there were moments where we would have heart to hearts, we'd be crying, we'd be doing that kind of experience. But it was one of those where it would happen after a really big event mm. or, yo, know, I have to talk to my bros about this one. But it being a regular thing, I wouldn't say that it was a regular experience for me. And my best friend, uh, Philip, I've known him since I was in fifth grade. And only recently have we really had a really big heart to heart or started being like, I love you, man. Like you're, you're a person that I really care about and all that. Mm -hmm. And so I think even having that experience of like really being able to have those kinds of conversations with my, with my friends, my male friends, um, it's only pretty recent. Shout out to Joey Odom actually. And Joey is a strong, beautiful gay man that I met in college And it was one of the first men that I felt safe to talk to. And I think that's the best way to have been introduced to Joey Odom. Um, Why do you think that is? Why was he the first one to make you feel safe? He was emotionally available. Oh. Uh, I think that's the best way to describe that. (laughs) He was emotionally available and was strong enough to be able to hold 
space for the emotions I was having, but also be soft enough to be able to be moved by those emotions and not have me have to tense up about it or be judged through a lens or or have that feeling of judgment that I've had before. And I don't know if, if that's because Joey is who Joey is. It's the first time I've really encountered a, like a kind, uh, man in my life, really. And then having that be introduced to me, I really liked that. And then hopped into that exploration again of just who I am as a man, um, and discovering what masculine masculinity can be having all these fantastic mentors that are still teaching me, me still having to learn what that means every single day. And that's changed the, the relationship I've had with the men in my life. Some have just fallen off because they, they don't align with who I am now or um, have been chosen to no longer be in my life by myself. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want this kind of energy to be around me anymore. But yeah, it's, uh, it's really unfamiliar. I, I've been more unfamiliar with that kind of relationship than I have been. It's only been a recent thing for me. Yeah. Why do you think that shift happened? Was that prompted by you or was it prompted by them? I think it was prompted by me because of hopping into my own personal exploration for my mental health, but also being surrounded by amazingly talented, kind artists and hopping into these professional settings where I was also around uh, men who were much older than I was and seeing how they interacted, how they saw the world. It was a gift to be able to be in these professional settings that had actors who were in different stages in their lives and were very kind in sharing their human experience and me being constantly reminded that I am only at this point and there's so much time ahead of me and so much for me to learn and then seeing how gracious these men were about doing that watching their interactions on set, whether it was on the regional theater stages or on, you know, the the film sets or in the booths for the voiceover work, seeing how they interacted really informed me about the possibilities. And that changed how I wanted to be, changed how I wanted to interact in the world because I really enjoyed how free it felt, how kind they were, how lovely the the experience and atmosphere was. And I wanted that. And I didn't know up until I saw it that it could exist. And then when I did, I was like, why can't I be like that? You know, I've told I've been told the opposite for a really long time. And it was a blessing to be witnessed to that, to be a witness to that in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of the the luck that I get to have doing the shows or whatever I'm booking, you know? And I learned it from them. That was a big change for me. Just seeing examples, healthy examples. Yeah. And then saying, I want that. I'm going to attempt that with my friends and see if we can't make that leap to yeah. a more vulnerable friendship, a more like in a, a kind and like a kind exchange that yeah. feels authentic. And it was really... Clunky, super clunky, <laughs> huh. very clunky, yeah. right? And it, it feels like 
when you're a teenager and you learn something and everything's at its max and you're making mistakes. So I felt like a teenager trying to explain to my friends that I want, I love you to be part of the language that we have, (laughs) that I don't like it when you're mean to me or Uh let me know if you feel uncomfortable with the way that I am talking, like that kind of thing. It was that. It was all this like trying to find the words first. And that's that was the experience, I think, in my like mid-20s going, this is really hard. Yeah. And I'm being this strange human being that I'm not used to being. And then it was also spurred by Jessica Menace, who is a great friend of mine remember, and I love her very much. She's married and uh, she's a mom and is amazing. But um, we had, we had dated in high school and stayed friends afterwards. And I remember getting a phone call from her in my early twenties. And it was just a time where we'd already been friendly. We're, We're building on the friendship that we have. And she was so brave enough to called me out on my BS and was like, hey, you hurt me. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. She was like, no, 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 no. You hurt me. I'm going to tell you this. You're going to acknowledge that. We're going to talk about it. And I was like, whoa, I don't mean to, what am I doing? And then I realized like, wow, I really did hurt someone by by just being unable to talk about my feelings. Mm -hmm. And I ran away from it, all those kinds of things. And it's a person that I actually hold very dearly in my heart and in my life. And I'm really that, impressed with her. That, that is something that that's is so hard to do. So scary. From our end of the spectrum, it's really hard to do that. Fair. Completely fair. <laughs> and I thought I was And like, I recognize it's really hard to receive that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At the time, I felt anger. I felt uh, embarrassed. I was so like, I wanted to be completely defensive about the mm-hmm. whole thing. And when she was like, no, you're acknowledging it. We're going to talk about that. I remember going, oh my gosh, I never had this exchange before. I've never seen myself through that lens. And to, to take in that I hurt someone in that way, that's the opposite of who I would ever want to be. And to know that I did that, it was a, it was a life-changing moment for me. Yeah. And that that led into wanting to have these kinds of healthier relationships to be a person that I would be proud of so that in the moments of the in-betweens, I would trust that my integrity would show up mm-hmm. versus here I am saying something and then I'm hurting someone on the side and not knowing or not being mindful or aware of hurting people. That's something I don't want to be doing. Yeah. And so when when she had introduced that to me and said, we're having this conversation, it's life-changing for me. And that was a strong woman who changed my life constantly. It's just always that. Bam. Women <laughs> are uh, so strong. <laughs> it also sucks being strong. Like it sucks having it does, to be strong. It does. <laughs> I don't want to have to do that. No. I mean, I, it, that's the thing. She had to be because of me choosing to do something that I could have easily just not done where I could have done the work on my own or I could have totally 
tried to to own up and face those things instead i've i have a narrative or i have this thing that society tells me that this is the norm for you this is what you can do this is right. what you get to do you get were away trained from birth it's also hard when you're never yeah. faced with it yes oh yeah you yes. you never confronted with it how do you, you know how do you know so it does take some sometimes someone to be like hey <laughs> yeah <laughs> stop yeah and that happened and when it did Again, it was an embarrassing experience. Yeah, of course. At the same time, like, I don't think I'd be where I am with the friends that I have now and the life I get to live now without that. And that's one of those tough moments that I'm forever grateful for. But, you know, if I wanted my life to be honky-dory and completely easy and there's nothing tough that's happening to it, that would never have happened in my life. Yeah. So I'm grateful for that. Thank you, Jessica. <laughs> Changing my life. Good job, Jessica. What a gift. What a great sponsor. Honestly. <laughs> for this podcast. Okay, but when you first introduced the concept of like saying I love you to your male friends, like did you just throw it in there and see what happened or did you say like, "Hey, I want to tell you, I want to start telling you that I love you?" Like what oh, how did you intro it? I remember being so tough about this with my dad first. And now I don't necessarily actually have a relationship with my parents. Mm-hmm. Um and that's it's one of those where if the most toxic relationship you have in your life is that, we celebrate walking away from those. Yeah. And that's right. this was the one that I had to really walk away from pretty recently. Mm. Um, the beginning of the year, actually. That must have been tough. Oh, it's the, I mean, I'm still in grief yeah, for it. Yeah, of course. Still very much in grief for it. But um, it was one of those where I remember having that conversation. They, my pops called me up and he goes, just so you know, we're, we can't be there for you. We just can't do it. And it was, they're having a tough time. I don't think uh, 2020 was very kind to both my mom and dad. And it was, a, it was a tough time. And after a couple of years, I think it got to the point where they just acknowledged, we haven't been there and we can't really be there for you. Um, just so you know, and try to find forgiveness for us. And I remember yeah. finding none of that in that first phone call and going, yeah. okay, this is a lot. I'm going to hang up the phone. Now. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but when, when that occurred... It was one of those things where I went, wow, this is the person that I talked to and was like, hey, at the end of every conversation, I know we don't say this, but I'm going to tell you I love you. And I want that. Those are the things I want. And I remember him going, okay, yeah. And I was like, geez, that's about as easy as that gets. (laughs) So we started doing that. And the words sounded so great, Mm -hmm. right? It was just the words of it. And so I I told my best friends, hey, I started doing this with my dad and it feels really good. And I'm going to start doing that with you guys. Like, I love you guys. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is great. So the feeling felt really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, just the words of affirmation felt really nice. Fast forward to that conversation that I had with my pops. I think it was the, the meeting of meeting the words and the actions. Mm. And so the words were there for years, but the actions weren't there. And acknowledging that I wanted both, I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, like, I've been wanting, I've been wanting to be respected, to be seen, to be loved, but all I've been doing is only acknowledging the words of it and not actually acknowledging what the actions are. Oh my God. Right? I love yeah. the name only. Yeah, exactly. And so when I was having that conversation with my best friends, I remember saying, Hey, you're my chosen family. This is very clunky. This was like in March. I was like, you're my chosen family. Um, I'm going to have to turn to you now. I don't know what that's going to look like or what that's going to feel like. 
and Phil, just, I love this man with all my heart. Him and Abby are my, they're my, they're part of my chosen family. They're my best friends. Abby is Phil's girlfriend. And I remember telling that to them and Phil just going, you know, we've just sort of been waiting on you. It's been a long time and I think it's okay that you're making that choice, but we've been here. We've already been doing that as a family. We just sort of wanted you to acknowledge that. And we've been here the whole time. Whoa. And I was like, oh my dude, that's, that, that's what I love you means for me. Yeah. That's, that's what family feels like. The reason as to why I, I walked into the arts and really fell in love with it was because it was safe. But I remember doing it so that I could be seen. And it was, if I do Disney, if I hit Netflix, if I get HBO, right? I hit all these big name networks. How could you not see me? And yeah. how could you not choose me? How could you not love me? Right. Because you've I, earned it. I've earned yeah. this thing. By all society's definition of success, I've earned here your love. Is. And the phone call was, hey, we're not going to be here for you. Just want to acknowledge that finally. Um, find forgiveness for us. Boom, click. And there was no I love you at the end of that conversation. It was click. And I went... Okay, so I worked all my life to get there with them. And I remember saying this, I've wanted a family. I've wanted a family. So I kept looking for that and building that. And it was that weird thing of when you ask the universe for whatever it is, you're going to get it, but not maybe in the way that you asked for it. Mm. And all it was, is I just needed to shift my gaze over and be like, well, I've actually been surrounded by family. Mm. I've built this community for me, I've built these people who have stuck by me, not because of what I do, but because of who I am, and realized I have a family around me. It may not be the ones I was given, but it's the ones that were chosen. Yeah. And they've been there the whole time. Right, Brie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you think, Brie? <laughs> but that was that. And I remember when Phil had said that, I was like, wow, that is, that's what I want. I want that a lot. And it became... It just became every day taking it one hour at a time and finding out those are the relationships that I want. And the male relationships I have in my life are much stronger and safer for me because of that experience and wanting to be around that kindness so much more. So I've cut out a lot that aren't like that. Mm -hmm. And it's still really difficult because I'm on the fence with whether like, oh no, if I if I don't say hello to this person or if I cut this person out, what's the world going to think of me? And, and no one cares. It's my life. They don't care. Like they, if, they, if they're not already invested in who I am as a person, then what's the point of that? Like, <laughs> what am I worried about? And so that was, that's really been the experience of, of the male relationships, my male friendships. It's changed. It's changed over time. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks. One thing that I resonated with is shifting the focus of what family looks like. And I think part of the blame, most of the blame has got to be, I'm going to say it, society. <laughs> you hear that? Thanks. In the media, everywhere you look, family is like the most important thing. And, and you, you see a certain type of family and you, you're told that that's what you should be striving for and that's what you should want. So if your family doesn't look like that, do what you can to make it work like that. You know, forgive and, and change the way that you interact so that you can keep this family that you were given together. Right. And we're learning so much about 
we're learning so much about what it can be or who people can be and who people are, right? The old definitions of who a person is and who a person can love or who a person can be has changed so much that it, that for me, this experience has really changed what family can be and what it can look like. One of the questions as a tool for me whenever I have those shoulds in my brain has been, I ask that question whenever I hear that should, I then ask, is it me asking that question or is it someone else's expectation of me asking mm. that question? It's a difficult thing to, to explore because it's, it's so ingrained in me that I want to please other people. But when I get to ask, hey, is that what I want? Is this what I think it can be? Is this what I would want in my life? And when I asked, can this be what family looks like? If someone told me that this is what family looked like for years, I believed that for a long time. And that brought me just a lot of, of, a lot of sadness. There were joy in, joy, uh, moments of joy in between, but that brought me a lot of pain, a lot of sadness, just trying to stick to that, to that prescribed version. Yeah. But when I got to ask and find out for myself what it could be and found out for me what it is, that was a lot of freedom off my shoulders. And then I just got to be who I am. To be around people that love me for who I am, I, I feel like I get to really thrive. I get to f flourish in that kind of environment. Felt like fertile soil that I got replanted into. And I am, I'm forever grateful for that. Thank you so much for your vulnerability today and saying it means a lot to me it is healing for me, for men, for my friend to be so open about their imperfections, the things that are messy, things that are human and the ways that things can't be tied up into a nice little bow. It means a lot to me because it feels safe for me when men do that. So I just want you to know how much it means to me that you're sitting here doing all of this and saying all of this. My heart. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know it, it's not going to carry as much weight, but ditto. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Peace signs, bucket hat. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know, I'm the one that turns any like nice tender moment into a little meme. So <laughs> <laughs> and that one lasts forever. There's like going to be a photo over here, like ditto of her with ditto. the peace signs and a bucket hat. That's really appreciate. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for unpacking all this. Oh man. That means a lot. My heart was just racing. It's, it's, I, it means it, it feels so good to be able to hear that. But at the same time, immediately I'm experiencing no way can't be no, no, no. Like that's actually yeah. occurring in that moment. And it, it, it is uh, it's a strange experience. And I think that that's just, I hope you really hear me because I'm, I'm being like dead honest about that. Wow. It means the world to me. Well, I'm uh, being alive, honest and going to listen to this over and over yeah, again. I was I don't say, hear now you. you have a, you have a <laughs> recorded version. You can just keep listening until it sinks in. Yeah. No, take back. <laughs> Andy, do not edit that out. <laughs> Andy, even it, we can't do a callback to Andy. Oh my God. Now this whole segment gets cut out. Dang it, Andres, you ruined it. <laughs> Oh my god! Just for that, this is going to be a two-hour-long episode yeah. with everything in it. 
<laughs> Buckle up. Strap in and strap on. Let's strap do this. in your strap ons. <laughs> oh, I get to see your strap. This is exciting. Yeah, that's our next segment. <laughs> that's the game. Oh, man. Whoa. Wow. We wanted it to be a surprise. <laughs> no, I'm still surprised. Oh, I'm very surprised at this moment. And the strap ons come out. Oh, I'm still surprised it's occurred. Wow. wow. Look at this giant strap on I've just now taken out. Whoa. It's cool. It's your favorite color. We found color. it. We found the woe. It's we found the woe. It's sunset colored. Oh my God. We found the woe. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> okay, why don't we take another like cutesy little break cool and then break. cool down break because it's a sauna and I deeply apologize and then we'll play like a game that the the tenor of which will be none of what we just did. No vulnerability allowed and no. <laughs> zero vulnerability. <laughs> We're not dating at all. Thanks for listening to Everybody Ships Us. This podcast is executive produced by Schmangy Incorporated and is hosted, produced, and edited by Shelley Norfleet and Bonnie Dolan, with help from our production assistant, Brianna Chapelier. Our theme song was written by Bonnie Dolan and arranged by Andrew Carter, who also does our mixing and mastering. Our cover art was shot by Cynthia Price and designed by Shelley Norfleet. To get into contact with us, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Everybody Ships Us, and on Twitter at Ships Us Pod. Or you can email us at everybodyshipsus at gmail.com. If you like this podcast, make sure to follow or subscribe on your preferred podcast listening app.